Welcome to another edition of IDK. It's been a long time coming, but here I am, Adam Davis and... Shelby. Shelby. So, uh, we've tried to do this episode at least... I've tried to do it at least twice. The first time I asked Jennifer to step in for Shelby because Shelby was so stinking busy, um, and she declined the invitation. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that maybe later she'll she'll step in when needed because I know Shelby's schedule. She she gets pretty busy. Anyway, we've tried several times. In fact, on Thursday, we tried, and we got about halfway through it, and then our dogs tried to murder each other in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And they were all clicking their nails on the hardwood, and it was just, it was so funny. It was hilarious. We threw our hands up and said, you know what? It evidently wasn't time to do this right now, so we stopped. And uh, so here we go again. We're giving another shot. We did get two questions. So the reason why we're doing two questions this time is not because I want the podcast to be super long, but um, the first question's kind of short. So uh, the first question, it comes from uh, one of Shelby's friends. Jacoby. Jacoby. Jacob, uh, go ahead and ask the question. So the question was, what is your favorite Medea movie? What is your favorite Medea movie? Mine is the Medea Christmas one. It's just, it's really funny. I love Larry the Cable Guy. He's, it's hilarious. I love it. And honestly, um, the teenagers in our world need a real life Medea because they're acting a fool at my school. And that rhymed. Acting a fool at my school. Yep. <laughs> and they need a Medea. They really do. To slap them around and be like, hey, you can't do that. You better respect people. That's right. Taste the Rainbow. I remember that line from one of the Medea movies. Yeah. So my favorite Medea movie is uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Now, as a father of two daughters, um, a guy acting up, as Shelby says, acting a foo. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't say that, but you say that. <laughs> you literally just said that. No, I just said they were acting the fool. Oh, I didn't oh, say that. Oh, <laughs> I did say that. Okay, so anyway, acting a fool. Uh, So a guy is uh, acting inappropriately with uh, who is soon to be his wife, uh, at the time, fiance. And Medea takes care of some business. And anyway, it was just kind of standing up for, standing up against uh, domestic violence and that that sort of thing. My deal with Medea, her movies, I, I say her, it's actually Tyler Perry, but you get it. Anyway, her movies always had that that moral uh, lesson in it, in the beginning, in the beginning. And I totally dug that. I don't know about you, Shelby, but I, I don't... I don't necessarily see the the same kind of moral messages in the newer movies. How? What do you think? Yeah, it's that's true. It, they've backed off of the moral thing, and they put more cuss words and, you know, crude um, humor in it. And I don't like it as much as I did the old ones. The old ones were a lot better to me. I'll still watch them because they're funny, but some of it's just, it's not necessary. And I want that moral factor back. But, you know, as they go on, of course, it's going to get worse. Yes. And I think that's what's happened. Um, At the beginning, I think Tyler Perry had some things that he wanted to get out there, messages he wanted to get out there. And then uh, after he got those messages out there, it's you know, he had created a monster. Everybody loved Medea, so he had to continue making, as my opinion only, uh, as is this whole podcast, but uh, I don't know, he, he kind of created a monster. Everybody loved Medea, so he had to continue that, that franchise. As I understand, though, this last one is going to be, uh, what is it, Medea, Medea Funeral, is that right? Yes. Medea Funeral. 
Is that the name of it, or am I just no? That's the old man in it. it over here, and just giving partial. That's the name of it. Okay, I'm gonna go see it. I mean, I am. I'm, I'm gonna go see it. But I've heard that that's the last one. Yeah, I'm sure Medea dies, and that would be a really sad thing. Medea dying, man. That, I couldn't imagine that. I, she'd just go out with a bang. That's what I would think. But I would be so sad. So, do you know that she that she dies in this movie, or no? You're I'm just, just taking the title of the movie and thinking. But I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll watch it and see. Jacob, thank you for for the question. Um, and guys, we're gonna we've got the second question coming up. We're gonna stop for a quick commercial break. Hang on, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to IDK. That's right. The podcast where we answer your questions uh, and give you our opinions. They don't really mean anything, but hey, there are opinions. Okay, our second question comes from a, a co-worker of mine. His name's Tony, and Tony's kind of a deep dude as well. So uh, here we go. Uh, his question says, and I'm, I'm totally reading it, and he did tell me that a lot of the background information that he got on this came from Wikipedia. So he just kind of copied and pasted from Wikipedia. So for you guys that are going to be slamming us about that, don't. Don't even worry about it. He he gave credit where credit was due, okay? But um, reading what it says, At one time or another, we've all used sayings and idioms that we have heard or read. Some are straightforward, where there's not much intellectual struggle or to decipher the meaning. Others, however, require much more reflection or introspection, uh, which can be based upon one's experiences within the context of circumstances in which it was uttered or used. Upon this platform, I submit the following as a potential topic for discussion. To give you some background for this epigram by Jean-Baptiste Alphonse Carr in 1849, the year after the French Revolution, as you might have guessed, French society and politics had seen a huge amount of upheaval, and a new president called Napoleon had been elected into office and would shortly transform the republic into an empire. This probably sounded very familiar to Carr, given that this was the second time in 50 years that someone called Napoleon was forming a French empire just after a French revolution. Carr was a, a satirical writer, and the irony of two such similar revolutions occurring so close together, both promising to free the peasants uh, forever, clearly wasn't lost on him. He pinned the phrase, and here's the phrase, this is the important part. He pinned the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Of course, he did it in French. But uh, it, he did that to express his cynicism that the huge changes sweeping over France were going to lead to a genuine change in the country. So given the current rapid state of change in all uh, facets of society, you know, information, technology, etc., compare and contrast the implied school of thought that even though things may change on the surface at a deeper level, they really stay the same. And then he says, I look forward to your response. Here's, here's, my, here's my two cents. It's not even worth two cents, but here it is. So when we talk about the more things change, the more things stay the same, we're talking about the, the desires of, of man and how, I mean, it may, things, it may manifest itself in a different way every time. Like there may be something new, like, you know, a long time ago we didn't have cell phones or, or we're, 
We're now using social media to get stuff across. You know, we may we may make little changes like that, but when you go down to the to the the mere man and what his desire is, it's always been the same. So in this instance of Napoleon, he's telling you that oh everything's going to change and oh this is going to be great and we're going to make all the the peasants uh, they're they're going to have everything and it's going to be wonderful. You'll be free. But at the basic level, the desire of Napoleon was to rule the world. That's what he wanted, and so. It manifested itself in that way. So I also have another example of a leader that wanted to do that. And he was a very evil man. His name is Adolf Hitler. He wanted to rule the world and he shared the same thought as Napoleon. He wanted to make Germany a bigger, better place. Obviously, he didn't get what he wanted because he ended up committing suicide. An evil man. You could obviously tell he did not have God in his heart. But Okay, so here's the deal. We can take it a step lower. Okay. And okay, so we've got to the point that with Napoleon, he wanted to rule the world, right? Mm-hmm. That was it. Now he'll say it'll manifest itself by saying he's going to do all this stuff and and then not do it, of course. But if we take it to a, yet another level, why did he want to rule the world? I would venture to say it is because, and it's just true with every man. Eventually, man will stop and wonder what is the meaning of life. It's going to happen. You're going to stop and it's, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? He wanted to find the purpose. Yeah, he's wanting he's wanting his purpose to be that he is great and he changes the world and, and that gives meaning to himself. And that is not uncommon. That's very common. In, but it's not new. It's always the same. Every man does it. So it manifests itself differently. But, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about this. Uh, so I'll give you a little background of Solomon. Solomon was the writer, King Solomon was the writer of Ecclesiastes. He was a writer of some other books as well, but uh, Ecclesiastes we're going to stick with. Um, To give you a little background, Solomon uh, became the king of Israel, um, and God gave him an opportunity to to ask for anything, and it would be granted. And Solomon asked for wisdom to govern God's people. Now, that so impressed God because I think God was expecting him to say something like, oh, I want to be the richest king in the world, or I want to be the most powerful king in the world, you know, that kind of thing. He didn't do it. He just asked for wisdom. Now, God was so impressed that he said, you know, I'm going to give you wisdom, and no one will be wiser than you. No one that has ever been, no one that is, and no one uh, that will be will ever be as wise as you. I'm going to give you that. And then he gave him a bunch of other things, too. And uh, you can you can always refer back to the Bible if you want to follow that story a little bit. So in Ecclesiastes, you, do you remember Ecclesiastes? Yes, he talks about it's all chasing after the wind. So unless you have God, everything that you're going to chase after to think, it's going to make you think that you're going to be happy for your whole life. And it lasts about five seconds. And then you're on to the next thing and the next one and the next need. And for teenagers, this is a huge problem. That's why there's so much like sex at my age, drugs. And this is happens to adults too. Um, sex, drugs, they want money, they want jobs, they want a certain um, device like technology, um, because they think that's going to please them for a long time and it doesn't it just lasts for five seconds and then they move on but only god can fulfill that big hole that's inside of us and all the all of my friends they just the ones that don't have jesus are very empty and you can tell it they're often sad but it's because they need jesus and most of the people in my school need jesus okay 
So you, you gave a pretty good, even though you don't realize it, you're proving a point for me. Um, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, Shelby is right. It says that it's all a chasing after the wind. He says, meaningless, meaningless, it's all a chasing after the wind. He also says, um, there's nothing new under the sun. He says that a lot. You'll see that just repeated in that book over and over and over. But what Solomon did, he was looking for the meaning of life. So when I tell you some of the things that he talked about, and this is all paraphrasing, I don't have the Bible open in front of me or anything. This is just off of my memory. So there may be more than, than this in there that I have forgotten. But so he, the first one, one of the things that he looks for, because I don't know if it goes in this order, so I can't say the first, but one of the things he looks for is the meaning of life through, through work. Uh, he looks through, uh, well, okay, I'll be the wealthiest person in the world. So he tries to do that. He tries to, okay, I'll, I'll get all the knowledge that I can get. And uh, then he decides, okay, well, building things, we're going we're gonna to build great things. He tries that. Um, he tries pleasure, um, which is any, and if, if it was pleasurable, he denied himself nothing. If he wanted to eat tons of food, he did. If he wanted to sleep with his concubines, he did. Whatever he wanted to do, he did. All of that, and there was, there was more, but all of that, he says, meaningless, meaningless. It's all a chasing after the wind. And he talks about it. If you ever get an opportunity to check out Ecclesiastes, especially you you youngsters that are listening, probably Shelby's age, Shelby's friends that are listening. You, if you ever get a chance to do a study of Ecclesiastes, you really need to do that because it talks about the meaning of life. And if you can, if you can learn from Solomon's mistakes Boy, you're going to be ahead of the game. You just, you just are. And I, I did at a very young age. There was a, a Ecclesiastes study done by Tommy Nelson. Tommy Nelson being a pastor, I think, in the Dallas area at the time. I don't know if he still is or not, but the church I was attending had that Bible study on DVD, and boy, was it good. And I learned a lot, and it kept me kind of on the straight and narrow because it's very easy for people your age to be looking for that happiness and start looking for it in the wrong places. I would also point out this, that um, the new normal for teenagers is definitely depression. That's a big issue um, in our school, in our community, in our world for teenagers to have depression. They feel sad. Many of them commit suicide, and it's a very heavy topic. But I'm not saying this would cure it, but it definitely would help just... um, Finding God in that because, you know, sometimes they feel very helpless, hopeless in that they have no purpose in life. But honestly, God helps. God helps clear that or fill that hole and fill the emptiness and you know you have a purpose with God in your life. So, I mean, it definitely help. It would help for our teens and just being able to show God's love to them would help as well. So, yeah, if you think about it, for you teenagers out there, um, if you don't know the Lord, uh, think about it. It's Life is hard. Man, I am, uh, well, I'm not going to tell my age. I'm not going to do that. But I, I'm, an, I'm an older gent. Uh, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen a few things in my life and uh, been through a lot. I can tell you, I don't think I could have gotten through near half of what I've gotten through if I didn't know that I have and higher power looking out for me and guiding me and helping me. And and so, yeah, I could understand the depression. But back back to the point at hand, it's all about man's desire to find meaning in life. And that manifests itself for Napoleon by uh, trying to be great and trying to build something great. 
in Adolf Hitler, the same thing, elevating himself and, and going to make something great. He's completely evil. Um, and the thing, the reason why he uh, committed suicide was because the Allied forces uh, were right at his doorstep. So uh, that's the only reason that, that he did that. But it was either that or we were going to catch him. So good, good triumph over evil at that point. So, but anyway, uh, so all of that, that's the answer to your question, Tony. There, there's, there's the answer. Now, a little side note, and Shelby hit on this several times. She, she hit on it several times. So kudos for doing that. When we were made, the Bible says we were made in God's image. And when we were made, we were meant, if you remember in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis, if you read Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were made, and they had a relationship with God. They walked with him in the Garden of Eden. And then, of course, sin entered the world, and that relationship was broken. And it sent us into a period of brokenness. And we try to fill that brokenness with everything. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever you, whatever you can imagine. Uh, we try to fill it. Does it bring us happiness? It does, actually. And I, some of you will be surprised that I say that. It does bring happiness, happiness, but it's, it's temporary because that's a God-sized hole you're trying to fill with something, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And so what, that, that was the whole purpose of Jesus is we, we had to get back to the point that we are filling that hole with what it's supposed to be filled with, and that's a relationship with God. So how do we do that? Well, we can't. That's, that's, the, that's the bad news. We can't. There's nothing we can do uh, to make that better. Now, if you think about it, if, if uh, a murderer, a guy commits murder, he's a murderer. But let's say he didn't get caught and um, he decides, well, I'm going to do a whole bunch of good things because I've done some bad things. I'm going to do a whole bunch of good things. And he feeds the poor, houses the homeless, he helps anyone and everyone that you can think of, goes and gets a job, takes his money and just gives it to the church. And uh, he's doing everything he can do. He does all these great things. But the thing is, he's still a murderer and he's got to pay for that crime. So it's not about what you do. You can't be good enough. You can't get your own salvation. But that's the bad news. The good news is that God did what needed to be done in order for us to have that salvation. And so if we accept Christ, we believe, we hear, hear his word, we believe that he died on the cross for our sins, and we repent. That means we say, hey, we have committed all sorts of sins against you, God, and we are sorry. We do a 180. We're not doing it anymore. And we repent. He is faithful to forgive us. And when he does that, that puts us back into a relationship with God. Now, it's important to realize it's a relationship with God. It's not, hey, I prayed a prayer and I've got fire insurance now and I'm good to go. No, 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 no. It's a relationship with God and you get to have that relationship. Now, that's pretty awesome in and of itself because God is all powerful and you get to have a relationship with him. And that, does that mean you're never going to have a hard time? Yeah, you're going to have hard times. Jesus had hard times when he was here. It's going to happen. It's going to be tough, but you're always going to have God with you to help you through that. So that happiness comes from God. The happiness that actually is sustainable and it stays, that comes from God because that's what we were meant to do. So 
Anyway, I, I'll, I'll throw that out there. Ecclesiastes is a great book to do a study on. Um, he does give you the meaning of life. He does tell you what he figured out was the meaning of life. So I won't, I won't give you a spoiler on that. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Uh, Ecclesiastes, it's just a great study. Do you have anything to add to this? No, not really. Not really. Okay. Well, tell them how to get us a question. Contact us and ask us a question by emailing us at gotaquestion.idk at gmail.com. And again, that is gotaquestion.idk at gmail.com. Give give us a a good question and we will give you our opinion. I'm sorry. Didn't mean for this to turn into a sermon. It just... It's our opinion, and of course, we're, we're Christians, so our opinion is going to be wrapped up in the Word. That's our standard. That's what we go by, and that's where the truth is. So that's, of course, where we're going to get our opinions from. So, If you have any type of question about faith or things you're struggling with in life in general, um, just email us. We will answer it the best we can. We will use Scripture if that is what you like. We can just use our opinions solely. If you would like, but if you have a question about faith or things you're struggling with, just anything, just give us an email. It really could be any question at all. If it's faith-based, we'll be glad to answer that as best we can. Um, If it's something as simple as like what Jacob uh, was asking, what's your favorite Medea movie? I mean, it doesn't matter what question it is. Send us your question. Gotaquestion.idk at gmail.com. That is uh, the conclusion of this episode. Uh, as soon as we get another question, we'll we'll uh, do another episode. So send them on. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.